0: In the fourth episode of season three, Girdley shares a story about finding a new purpose after a failed relationship and discovering a new marketplace for one's own evolution. I hope you all enjoy Passing Through Mercury, told live by the magical, multifaceted Girdley. So, it was Mercury retrograde recently. Oh, yes it was. And um, I said, we have some survivors in the house. Um, it was supposed to be the most savage one in a while, because it was the one that was represented by the double fish, which stands for life and death, AKA, savage as fuck, right? And um, I can personally attest to this, because it was during this particular Mercury retrograde in the beginning of February that I found out um, that I was. The man that I was more than certain I was going to marry. Like, I love this man, y'all. Three years. It's okay. We're working it out tonight. We're working it out. And to his credit, I was more than certain that he loves me, too. He showed me affectionately all the time. Tender kisses in the morning, and the night. Checked in on me multiple times during the day. A beautiful black man, y'all. Yeah, him. I found out he was cheating on me. Yeah, I actually caught him cheating on me. Hold up. That's not it. That's not it. So not only is Mercury retrograde savage, it's also cliché because the person he was cheating on me with was named Becky. Oh I'm sorry. I pardon, pardon. According to her, her name was Re- According to him, her name was Rebecca. She still had good hair. So Becky, right? Still Becky. Um And I'm like, damn, this must be my lemonade year. (laughs) Damn. What else am I going to do with all these bitter-ass lemons around me? What else am I supposed to do? So anyways, the night that I caught him, lots of text messaging, pulling up receipts, getting the story right so I can get the details, so I can splash it back in his face like a pot of hot water. Like I was just going through it. Lots of clapping like this, lots of Cardi B moments, like all of that, (laughs) all of that. And it was a mess. It was a mess. Um, But I told myself, I'm just going to get past it. So I had to let him go. I had to let him go. And then um, I decided to just move past it, which I did. Um, But what I didn't realize is that after betrayal comes shock. And then after shock comes sadness. So that's what I moved on to, which I did very well. Because me and sadness, like we got a relationship. like. Prior to this beautiful black man that held onto my heart protectively for three years, Sadness was my boat. So me and Sadness had a very intimate relationship that had been nurtured by a society riddled with misogynoir ideologies, um, by typically being raised by a single black mother who herself was surviving betrayal and loving me and my two sisters the best she absolutely could through a a broken heart. Um, Me and Sadness knew each other very well. Um, so this is not something that was new to me. It's just that it was sitting inside me for so long that at this time it turned into grief. It was heavier than I'm used to carrying it. I carry sadness well. I carry it in my back pocket and still look cute. Like, what up, y'all? Like it's nothing. But at this point, because it hit me from like left field, it turned heavy it turned heavier than I could bear, so it got very uncomfortable for me to be in public because I couldn't hide it as well as I usually do. People could see it in me. People could sense it in me. I was the person that came in the room and brought down that energy. I knew it. So I'm like, I can't be out. I can't be around people. So I started spending some time by myself and um, just you know, being on my dolo, just recollecting and just really not talking to people about it. And then um, randomly, I got a voice note from my homegirl Gina. Gina is that homegirl that traveling the world, wanderlust, <laughs> fucking. Ah, <laughs> uh, you gotta love you some Gina, like Gina. Gina is studying kundalini yoga in fucking India, taking selfies in the Himalayas. Like, Gina is that friend that you can confide in about some fuckery that went through your life. And because she's halfway across the world, I'm like, okay, good, I'm not gonna infect her with my misery, so let me confide in Gina. So I tell Gina about that night, and she's like, no, not him. And I'm like, yes, him. Because nobody could believe it because this man loved me tenderly. So it was just like, it was a shock to us all. Um, so I told Gina about the situation. I told her about the text message, about the lies, about the matrix of lies that I unearthed, and then threw in his face and all of that. And she held me down, and then Gina told me about Oba. I'm like, you your hoodoo shit. <laughs> Who is Oba? Right? and she's telling me about Oba, and Oba is a spirit that she sensed was over me. Mind you, Gina's halfway across the world, but based on my Instagram pictures alone. (sighs) These bohemian friends, y'all, like, you gotta love them, but I'm just like, based on my Instagram pictures alone, she felt like there was a darker, sultrier presence on my posting and in my captions. And she just felt like there was a spirit of Oba around me. And I was like, okay, so tell me about Oba. Who's this Oba, who's this Oba spirit? And she's telling me about Oba. And Oba is a spirit um, that governs over death. I'm like, check. <laughs> she governs over the cemetery. She governs over the marketplace. She governs over destruction. So I'm like, damn, <sighs> okay. And I'm thinking about it, I'm like, okay, death, death of a relationship that checks out. And, um, but the rest I didn't really, didn't really resonate with me. So whatever, I got off the voice note, let it go, sent her another one follow-up. You know, when you send voice notes, it doesn't have to be immediate. So whatever, I let it resonate, and then I was going into my room, and then as I'm passing through my kitchen, I'm looking at the flowers, that Mr. Loverman, who's so apologetic and so regretful. I'm looking at all the flowers that are now in my fucking living room on my way to the bathroom. And I'm like, this man got my place looking like a cemetery. Also about Oba, Oba's colors, her properties are red and brown. I go in the bathroom, I take off my bonnet, and um, (laughs) I look at my red and brown hair, which is always red and brown. It's a color that I've insisted that my colorists get right for the past three years because they're my power colors. I wear them all the time. So I'm like, okay. Her properties are red and brown, and she's noted by her nine belts that she wears around her waist. I get in the shower, take off my robe, I'm getting ready to do my damn thing. And then I look down, for the first time, I decided to count my waist beads, which I've never decided to count. I literally collect them because they're pretty. No spiritual value whatsoever. I count them. Ready? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine nine waist beads around my waist that I never took the time to count until that moment. So I was like, what's good? Oba, what do you want from me? (laughs) Have you not taken enough? I loved him. So I'm like, all right, what's next? We got all the other things checked out. What's next? The marketplace. That weekend, I start my doula immersion training. I'm a doula, y'all. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And um, I go through that training. I'm like, okay, boom. I guess this is the marketplace part, right? So I'm going through my training, and as I'm going through the training, expecting that I knew what I was going to expect because I'm picking up a new skill, I'm picking up a new trade marketplace. I realize that, no, this is the destruction part. This is the destruction part, and not destruction with my common understanding of it but destruction as a form of creation because what's happening is i am destroying my old perception and my own expectations and what i thought my life was going to be and what's being created is a higher sense of self what's being created is a higher understanding of what the fuck is going on around me and what's also being is created is a higher respect for my own body this feminine body this female body that even after violation still has the power to self-heal, self-correct, and still birth new life. But in order for that constant flow of divine energy that works through the body when it's getting prepared to create new life for that to happen, there needs to be space for the cosmic energy to pass through. But that magic act is incredibly compromised when the real estate's being taken up by fuck shit. Which at this point, I was filled to the brim of, right? I had my anger that at this point I practiced so passionately it turned into bitterness. I had my sadness that I sat with so long that it turned into grief. I had my tendency to relive generational narratives of trauma that not only limit perceptions of myself, but my expectations of other people. And those weren't anything that I was ever meant to inherit. That's not the legacy my mother wants me to hold on to. And here I am walking around with it like it's some family heirloom, here's my sadness. No, I had to put that shit down. I have to put that shit down to create space for grace. I have to create space for amazing grace, for my saving grace. That's what has to work through my body. That's what has to work through me. So I can give birth not just through childhood, but through my expression. That is the new life that can work through me. And that's how I plan on passing through Mercury. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the fourth episode of season three. You can find more from Gurdly on Instagram at at Girdley, That's G-U-E-R-D-L-E-Y. And on her website, queenmoves24.com. Q-U-E-E-N-M-O-V-E-S 24.com. And as always, every single like, comment, review, share. I read all of them. They really mean the world for me and this podcast. Thank you guys again, and we'll see you next week.